What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Run Free Podcast. The podcast is all about, well, not all about, but most of the time it's about our inner game and how to get things right on the inside because we know that whatever we are believing, feeling about ourselves on the inside is going to come out when we are out in our workouts and competing. So this is our way to work from the inside out. And it's part of Run Free's training, uh, holistic approach to training, one of our five fingers. And this is the one where we focus on that inner game. So stoked you've joined us today. Uh, Before I get into today's episode, quick tip for you guys. If you guys have a pair of yak tracks, you, you already know what I'm talking about. But man, these things are game changers when it comes to running in the snow. And guys, I'm not selling these guys. I don't have a discount code for you. No relationship except for I've used them uh, since my pro days. And I actually picked these up when I went to Mammoth Lakes. I think I got the idea from Dina Caster. And uh, these things were essential up there because we get like 50 feet of snow every winter. So this morning, I'm looking out at two fresh feet of snow that just dumped here in Flagstaff. And uh, our daughter Hannah's home for a little bit, and she was just heading out the door for a run. Not looking too stoked to go run her, her easy run out in the, the snowy roads. But I told her, I was like, hey, just put on a pair of yak tracks. You'll be fine. You're not going to slip with those guys. If you guys don't know what yak tracks are, they're basically like chains that you put on the bottom of your shoes. And they're not that expensive. You can find them on Amazon, I'm sure, or online somewhere. And, uh, and you just put them right over your, your existing shoes. And then you, what I love about them is you can slip them on and off. So like you'll be out running and you know, you're in some sketchy neighborhood that's really shaded and you need them really badly. And then if you pop off and you're all of a sudden in really good um, asphalt, you can just put those suckers in your, in your uh, pockets and just carry them. They're super light and just take them on and off as needed during your run super fast to take on and off. So little tip for you guys who live in snowy parts of the world highly recommend getting yourself some yak tracks to get through those snowy days all right guys i hope that's helpful and i look forward to hopping in today's episode all right guys so this is episode number 66 and uh i've been meaning to record this one for a while this might be an episode that you just put a little bookmark next to and uh listen to the next time you find yourself in a taper week somebody talking about all things taper. I'm talking about what's going on in your head and your heart, what to expect when you taper. I'm really hoping this episode, guys, makes some people not feel so crazy because I don't know about you guys, but myself, Sarah, a lot of the runners I go th- coach, like you are just trying to not go mentally insane on taper week, and that is normal. So I'm hoping that will be one of the effects of today's episode. will just make you feel like, all right, I'm not crazy for being so nervous and for thinking these crazy thoughts and for not being able to sleep at night. Um, this is normal. This is what's to be expected. So let me talking about what's going on inside you. Also, how you should train during taper week um, and other kind of tricks and tips. Talking about nutrition during taper week, um, not weighing yourself during taper week. So these are all kind of things that we're going to get into in today's episode. So let's just hop right into it. Um, number one. I think it's super important to have expectations for how taper week is going to go. Uh, Before I get into this, though, I wanted to lead with a little personal story that I have from a taper experience. I remember I was a freshman in high school, and I think I got better at taper weeks throughout my career, at least I hope so. But early on, talk about nervous. I mean, I would feel sick to my stomach, kind of nervous. I don't know if you guys have ever been there before a race, but I remember it was track season. It's running with Big Bear High School. My dad was the coach 
and I qualified for the CIF finals, which is kind of like our uh, end of the year, like playoffs is essentially how you can think of it, trying to qualify for the state meet. So I made it through CIF prelims, which that was a big deal for a freshman. And I'm coming from a little tiny town. My dad started a track team just so I could run. So I really had like no grid for how good I was or how good anyone else was. All I knew was like, I am a tiny fish trying to swim in a big old pond of talent here. Southern California is pretty renowned for their track um, talent that comes out of SoCal. Super, super competitive. Oftentimes, just to qualify for the meet, to qualify for the state meet, you have to run a 415 mile as a high school boy. So the, the level of competition is just super, super high in SoCal. And I was not mentally there or ready for that. I was a 430 miler, so I was a decent runner as a freshman, but I knew I was just getting, with every step I was taking forward in progress, I was more and more timid and I became like a scared little deer with, uh, you know, stuck in the headlights, like so, so incapacitatedly nervous for these competitions. So anyways, I qualified for CIF finals and we're driving down to the meet and I just go silent. I don't know. I think everyone manifests their nerves a little bit differently, but for myself, when I was nervous, I would just get really, really quiet. And uh, so I remember driving, it's about a two hour drive from Big Bear Lake down the hill to, I believe it's Cerritos Junior College um, in SoCal. And I remember the closer we're getting, just the more and more nervous I'm getting. Like I can't eat anything, can't drink anything. And all I can think about is this race and just how nervous I am. And it became one of these things where like, I just want to get this over with. Like I was so frightened, so nervous, so scared that I just wanted it to be done. I don't know if you guys have ever been there before. So we show up at the meet and I'm like almost like shaking at this point. I'm like so nervous, right? Because um, I believe they even like put these on like television, the CF finals and CF masters. And so it's a, it's a big deal in SoCal and I'm just like so scared. So we get there, we're checking in, and then all of a sudden I can tell like my dad is checking in and something's not right. And I don't know what it is. I was like, oh no, here we go. And so my dad, uh, I, I can tell something's just really wrong. So I remember we just like sat down on the grass in the warm-up area and he just laid down and he was like, oh, we missed your race. And I could tell he was just so like bummed out and so miffed that somehow we had missed the race. And I was just like, oh, like had the biggest sigh of relief and was so glad that I missed this race. I was just pumped on the inside, but trying to act bummed out with my dad and also trying to comfort him. I'm like, oh, it's, it's no big deal, dad. Don't worry about it. But like, really, like I was just flooded with relief. I was like, yes, I missed my race. This is so great. So I don't know if you've ever been that nervous before, but that's that's where I've had to work from. That was my starting point with dealing with taper nerves. So I do have some experience with it. I have you know gone from that story to staying on the starting line of two Olympic Games, and you can imagine how your nerves can be in those situations. And it was actually interesting. I was way more nervous when I was in high school before like every single one of my races compared to standing on the starting line of the Olympic Games. So it is a skill to develop and to grow. And I think that's a good kind of starting place for our discussion. It's not like either you have this magic juju of you can handle pre-race nerves and you're good. 
or you don't. It's not, it's not that. It's not you have it or you don't have it. This is a skill that you can develop. And I'm hoping like some of these tips that I can give you today are going to help you develop that skill. But I think you got to have a growth mindset when it comes to handling pre-race nerves and taper week and being like, even though I haven't historically, I've been historically like that, that uh, high school Ryan is just like wanting the race to be over. I've been there. I know what that's like, but I can grow this skill. It doesn't mean I'm stuck there. It's not a, either you have it, or you don't have it thing. This is a growth. We can get better at this. So let's start with that. And, uh, you know, I'm essentially talking to my high school self here in this episode, you know, I'm talking to that kid who was relieved to have missed the race, the last race of the year. My season was over after that. And I was just stoked. I didn't have to run. And I'm talking to that kid and be like, okay, how can we reframe this in such a way that racing is fun? It's okay to be nervous. That's a part of the process. That is a part of something we should embrace. But if, you would rather just have missed your race altogether and just not even run it, then you're doing things a little bit wrong. We need to reframe things in our minds. So that's what we're going to go after today. Again, along with some training tips, some nutrition tips in there as well, because as we have talked about over and over again, run free training, it's not enough to just talk about the training. It's not enough to just talk about the inner game. We got to talk about the nutrition. We got to talk about the sleep. Like it's a, runners are entire packages and we're at our best when we are looking at every aspect of that package so we're gonna we're gonna kind of get into everything today all right so going back to uh my tips so setting an expectation for how things should go in your head going into your taper week is super super important i know for myself Oftentimes, when I'm first starting my training for a marathon that I'm prepping for, I'm always daydreaming about how great I'm going to feel when I get to the taper, how amazingly fit I'm going to be, which is good because those are like motivating thoughts for me to be thinking when I'm beginning my prep. But at times that can come back to bite me because I'm always expecting to feel so good in the taper and to feel like I'm going to be Superman. And then I'd always get to the taper and never be, well, with the exception of maybe before I ran 204 and 59 minutes. Like those were kind of times when the taper, I just felt like I was floating. But I think it's most helpful to have the expectation that you're not going to feel good when you taper. And this is something I picked up from Dina and Meb up in Mammoth. Um, is just that you shouldn't expect to feel good when you taper. And also this was something that was true for when we were running at Stanford. Like we would talk about this all the time on the team at Stanford before our races, our big races, if the pre-race workout went terrible, then we'd get stoked. We're like, okay, if you like the worse you feel in that last workout you do before the race, usually the better your race would go. And I'll talk, if I have time, I'll talk about why I think that is physiologically what's going on, mentally what's going on, why that last pre-race workout always feels trashy. Even when I was feeling really good um, in my pre-race workouts before I ran 204 Boston, I'd go run, try and run two miles at gold marathon pace and not be able to run two miles at gold marathon pace three days before the race. You can imagine how that can mess with your head if you let it, right? But if your expectation, and I did a better job as my career went on with this, if your expectation going into taper week is like, I'm not expecting to feel good. I'm expecting to feel terrible. And then that way, if you do feel better than terrible, then you're happy. You're exceeding your expectations. But if you go into taper week 
expecting to be floating through every workout, expecting it to feel easy, you're kind of setting yourself up for a potential disaster mentally because rarely are those expectations met. And I think that's across the board for almost all runners. You never feel as good as you expect to. So let's set those expectations as either no expectations. I'm just going to take whatever I get for every single run or I'm going to set the expectation that I'm going to feel really, really bad in my training. And if I feel better than bad, then awesome. I'm stoked. But just know that it is totally normal to feel really, really flat going into your workouts on that taper week. So plan on feeling physically tired. Um, and I got a good picture of this, a good reminder of this actually, with Sarah before London Marathon, before she finished second London Marathon, ran 220, all about 222, sorry, all, all on her own. You know, like one of the best races of her career. And I remember a week before that race, we're doing an easy 90-minute last long run up here in Flagstaff. And it was kind of like a warmish day, like mid-70s. And she was just like, like low energy tired and she didn't even finish that run she's like hey can we stop at 75 minutes and i was like yeah that's fine and you know like as a coach having been through that before being like you know it's okay she feels a little bit tired something's a little bit off it's a little bit warm her energy's not quite right like instead of making a deal of it and being like you need to finish this run like <laughs> like you have a week before london marathon you can't finish a 90 minute easy long run like we got problems instead of freaking out about it as a coach or on her end as an athlete you just roll with it it's me like okay i'm not feeling good today i'm gonna listen to my body talk about that all the time at run free and adjust things accordingly and then you know she gets to london marathon and she's totally fine runs one of the best races of her career but just a week before that she couldn't finish a 90 minute long run i mean she could have but she didn't want to because of how her body was feeling totally normal experience if that's you if you have that last long run not go well, don't freak out about it. Just adjust, roll with it, realize this is normal to feel tired. Same thing actually happened before she ran 220 um, at the Marathon Project recently. Her last kind of threshold that we do is about 10 days before the race, just a light six-mile threshold. And uh, it, was one, it was probably her worst workout with that buildup. It was like her only bad workout, every single workout. Besides that, went super, super well. But again, her energy is a little bit off, a little bit low, low energy going into it. Maybe didn't have enough carbs before the workout. It was just a little bit flat. So she didn't have a great workout. We still finished the workout. It wasn't terrible. She didn't fall apart, but it could have very easily gotten her head and just been like, oh, I just bombed, you know, one of my last threshold, my last threshold workout before this marathon project i'm in so much trouble really really easy to have that thought go through your mind as an athlete really important to realize i'm not alone most people do not have great last workouts leading up to their big goal races this is running this is a part of the process and then again she goes on to run 220 32 second fastest time all time so don't freak out if you have bad workouts in the, that last even two weeks prior to your big goal race. And that's typically about how long we back down before marathons is about a two, two to two and a half week taper period. Um, and then also just plan on being nervous, you know, like I think things most of the time are only good or bad based on the labels we put on those things. So nervousness, is it good or bad? 
you choose. You put the label you want on that. Do you want to see it as something that's normal, that's a part of the process, that's to be embraced, that's actually something that you might miss when you're no longer doing races? You might actually miss getting nervous, getting excited for something. And I'm going to talk a little bit here in a second about good kind of nervousness versus a bad type of nervousness because I think depending on what your nervousness is rooted in, it's either it can either pull down your performance or make your performance better. So let's just go into taper week knowing, hey, I'm going to get nervous. That's a part of being a human, training for race, being having this be a big goal that I'm invested a lot in. And so I am therefore nervous. And that's a part of it. And that's actually a good thing. It actually means that I care. It actually means I'm excited. And it's actually going to allow me to access strength that I can't access without nerves. Like, have you ever thought about your nervousness that way? Like, why is it that we can do things in a race that we can't do in training? Like, we all know that. If you've raced any amount of time, you know that for some reason, when you get in a race, you can do something. You become a whole different level of you in a race, at least if you're getting things right with your training, your sleep, and your nutrition. And your taper, when you get that right, you can do things out on the race course you can't even get close to in practice. Like all I can do in practice is 15 miles at gold marathon pace. I can't go further than that. And then somehow I can magically find 11 more miles as a result of a proper taper. And then the excitement out on the course, the nervousness that I'm experiencing on the starting line, it allows me to find strength that I can't find any other way. So what if we frame nervousness that way? Like the nervousness is actually the hidden strength that can only come out through nervousness. Like what if we actually think about it that way, heading into a taper week? Then you get excited when, you ner- when you're nervous. You don't freak out about it. You don't see it as a bad thing. You don't label it as, oh, I'm so nervous. I can't do anything. I'm not going to be able to run well. And Change that thought. See your nerves as something that's allow you to access strength that otherwise would not be there. All right, so let's talk about physical, physical things. Number one tip for tapering from a physical perspective for me is do not try to prove your fitness in those last 10 days. I have seen so many runners shoot themselves in the foot in the last 10 days by just being like, I don't know if I can run 26 miles. Uh, It's a week before the race. I'm just going to go out and do it just to to know for sure that I can do it. I mean, (laughs) that's, that's one way to do things. And you might be able to pull that off, but I'm telling you, that's not what the best marathoners in the world are doing. The best marathoners in the world are trusting their training. They're trusting the taper. It takes so much more confidence to rest than to prove your fitness to yourself or to your coach or to someone else. So have a plan with how you're going to taper. Know exactly what you're going to do with your training. And the taper is something that I've played a lot with um, the training that I have learned over the years. But the taper that I use previous to our marathons is pretty much the same taper I was doing with Terrence in the Mammoth Track Club uh, when I was running professionally. Haven't changed that a whole lot. Little tweaks here and there, but it's pretty much been the same because it's you you get conditioned with your taper i'd really encourage you like from train perspective kind of keep your taper the same find what works with your taper and then just don't mess with it like leave that thing the same once you find what works for you um 
So really, really important because I think a lot of racing is your body getting conditioned to what is to come. And so when you start training a certain way and it's the same taper you've always done, I think your body's actually that condition like a horse, a racehorse. You know, when they hear that bell, they know it's time to run. They take off, right? And then same thing with our bodies when we're tapering and you're doing those same workouts you always do in your taper. It's kind of your body's getting up for something. It's like, okay, I understand what's coming. Let me just save my energy here. I'm going to just bottle up all this extra energy I have because I know some a big effort is on the way, is coming down the line. So really encourage you, keep your taper the same in those last 10 days once you find what works for you. Play with it things, tinker with things, but especially if you're going to tinker with your taper and, and the structure of like what your workouts are, how far apart you put hard sessions, all that kind of stuff, tinker with it before lesser important races. Before your big goal races, you should be doing a tried and, and true taper that you know works for you. So what should a tra taper week look like? Like if, if you're not training with us to run free training, if you're training with us, then your coach is writing your taper. They should have a good taper in place for you. It might take them a couple of times to, again, tinker with everyone's different, right? Like everyone's going to taper. Some people taper really well on higher volume. Um, some people need to really back down their volume a ton. So it is a very individualized thing. Super important that you talk to your coach about, hey, this is what I've observed with different taper techniques I've tried, and here's what I've found has worked for me. Really important that conversation happens between a new coach paired with a new athlete. Um, but if you are, say, writing your own training and you're like, okay, like, how do you taper? What does that even look like? I'm actually, I want to listen to a podcast about this with weightlifting because I've done a little bit of digging. I haven't found a good taper routine in the weightlifting realm, but that's a total tangent. <laughs> I got the, I got the running taper down. So let's talk about that. So you don't, I think some people have the tendency during taper week to just pull out all intensity, just do like easy running and maybe some strides or something. I really think that's a mistake because our body is used to a certain amount of hard running and you need some hard running to keep your fitness there. So you're not trying to gain fitness in that last 10 days to two weeks prior to your race. Like don't make that mistake of putting in some really big, huge workout that you're really gonna try and nail. Like all your workouts should just be kind of like touching on things. Like I think you should reduce the volume of your workout. So say for ease of example, you do you usually do six by a mile. You're training for 10K, standard workout for 10K. Six by a mile, two minutes rest. So when you're tapering, I'd say you just chop out two of those. So maybe you're doing four by mile. So you want to reduce by about a quarter um, is a good kind of rule of thumb. And then also your, your overall volume is coming down. So if your peak mileage, say again, ease of example, 100 miles, then you might want to try tapering it again there's going to be a lot of individual variation in this. So you, this is absolutely something you need to play with. But a good place to start would be pulling down, if your max mileage is right around 70 or 100 miles per week, I would encourage you to try pulling that down to like 65 miles a week for your taper week and see how you feel off that. You might notice that you need to take it down even lower than that. Don't freak out if it's like there's all these rules and running about how much you can increase your volume how much you, you should taper at like don't get the rules are meant to give us general advice 
And then you're meant to play with that and find what's right for you. So don't freak out if you're like, you know what? I still feel like not that fresh at 65 miles a week. I need to pull it down even more. Or say if you typically train it 30 miles a week. Typically, the harder you train, the more you're going to need to taper your volume down and the more effective your taper will be. Because you're if you're training higher volume, you're probably doing a lot of running on somewhat tired legs. So you should really notice a huge effect when you taper. The less amount of volume and work you're doing, the less big of a taper you'll need and probably the less you'll notice a difference with your taper, right? So again, going back to expectations, if you're running 20 miles a week, when you back down your training, you should expect to feel a little bit better and maybe you're backing it down to like 15 miles a week or maybe you're even slicing it in half to 10 miles a week, expect to feel a little bit better, but you're probably not going to feel like a whole different human being compared to, you know, when I was running professionally, getting up to 120 to 140 miles a week, and then you drop that down in half and get down to 70, 65 miles on, I think I was even less than that. Heading into my marathons, probably was it like 40 miles for the week and then I hit the race and so it ended up being like 65 or something but I was pretty low volume and I'd feel like I had springs in my legs on the starting line of the race again going back to feelings I wouldn't necessarily feel that way in that last pre-race workout but when I'm warming up for that race all of a sudden I'm like whoa okay I feel like I feel like Tigger out here I feel like I got some springs in my legs but don't necessarily expect to feel that way if you're not training at a super super high level you're probably not going to feel quite as big of a difference from your taper so um, you want to keep workouts in there you want to keep drills and strides in there you want to keep turning your legs on i think oftentimes when people taper they just take out too much intensity and then their legs just go flat they're not neurologically firing anymore think about it this way as if if you take out too much intensity too much volume your legs are basically going to fall asleep and you're going to feel like trash you're they're not on they're not turned on so how do we keep our legs turned on with somewhat i would stick to the same kind of rhythm you're used to whether you're on a week cycle where you work out three times a week or two times a week or even once a week or you're on a 10-day cycle and you work out three times in a 10-day cycle stick to that same routine because again your body's used to that and if you change things up too much in the tape, your body's not going to know what to do with it. And you're likely going to feel like trash in the race. So keep a similar flow to you've had in your entire buildup. You're just scaling down the volume by, again, somewhere between like uh, a quarter to even half, depending on how hard you're training. And then you're scaling down the volume of the intensity, your workouts. So if you typically did 10 by 400, you'd take that down to 6 by 400 on race week. Um, and then your long runs obviously should come down accordingly as well. And uh, typically, guys, for marathons, if you're a marathoner, uh, the two weeks out, I like to just do like a pretty mellow, like two hour just kind of moderate run and then the week before do a 90 minute easy long run and i don't allow myself to time myself or know what pace i'm running on that last 90 minute run like sometimes it's better to just avoid the data and just run off feel when you're tapering because it can get really it can mess with your head right like i talked about that last workout before my marathon not being able to run two miles in marathon pace that messes with your head so a way to get out from under that is sometimes to just turn your gps off just go off time and feel just be like i 
if I go back and do things over again, I might very well do that where I'm just, instead of running marathon pace, I'm like, I'm running marathon effort and just not even know how fast I'm going. That, that can be an option, especially if you really struggle with confidence during your taper time. All right, so let's talk about nutrition, water, salt. These are all kind of issues, physical issues when it comes to tapering. So with nutrition, guys, I think there is a tendency for most runners, they're like, okay, I'm training less, I need to eat a lot less. I remember Dean and Caster, she used to just, she didn't um, really advocate doing a carb load. She just said she just eat the same as if she was training, but then her training load's coming down, which makes sense. Um, you know, you're burning a lot less calories because you are running less. But what I found for myself is I did do, a, I kept my nutrition the same like she did, and then I carb loaded on top of that. And I think why that worked for me is because I was training in a pretty depleted state. I was gradually losing weight week by week, just a little bit of weight, like a half pound to quarter of a pound even week by week during my 12-week training block. And so when you're tapering is not the time to lose weight. Really, really important, guys. Like you do not want to step on the starting line of the marathon or any race for that matter. I don't care if it's a 5K or a mile race. You do not want to be in a depleted state on the starting line. You're not going to maximize your performance that way. But again, I feel you. It's like I'm working all this time to like get my race weight down to where it needs to be. And then you get to the taper week and you're like, I don't want to be putting on weight now. That was hard to get at this point. I want to make sure I st I'm on the starting line at race weight. And the thing is, when you're used to losing weight, then you just need to go into a caloric balance, right? Maintenance mode. So meaning you're, you're reducing your training, but you might actually need to eat more food during taper. If you're in, again, in a situation like I'm in where I'm losing weight throughout, you're going to need to eat more food, even though your training's reduced in that taper week. And guys, general rule of thumb, just listen to your body during taper week. When you're hungry, eat. Like don't be afraid of food. Like that food is going to be fuel to your body to get to, to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. So be really just intuitive, I think, is the best advice I can give you during taper week. But do not try intentionally to eat less food. Like you might find, like I did, that I was actually really hungry when I was tapering. And so, you know, it was hard to pay attention to those signs, but I made myself eat the food even though I wasn't training as hard. My volume was down. And I could very easily talk myself out of eating well during taper time. I didn't do that and I made sure I was getting enough. So listen to your body, fill it with healthy food options during taper time. And then I recommend, and I learned this from a nutritionist I work with um, at Stanford, I was doing a two-day carb load. I really like a two-day carb load because it's it can be difficult to eat enough carbs just the day before a race. And then oftentimes you feel super full and bloated and not that good when you eat a ton, a ton of carbs all one day. So spreading that out over the last two days before a race, super, super important. And guys, I think, you know, I'm referring to marathoning a lot here, but I think these taper techniques are very similar for even, you know, going all the way down to mile races. You want to be topped off on the starting line. Now, do you need to be as aggressive with the carb load if you're training for a mile? I don't think so. Um, I think you need to listen to your body, make sure you're getting enough fuel. 
I don't know if you necessarily need to do a tape or a carb load, but that is something you could play with in training. Um, before your big workouts and training, if you're a miler, practice taking in a lot more carbs the day before that workout, that big workout, and see how that workout goes. If you notice a difference with it and it's helpful, then I would do it in training. You know, people might think you're crazy. You're, you're a miler. You don't need to be all loaded up on carbs. But hey, the more energy you have in your body, the more energy you're going to have to spend, right? To some extent. Um, and obviously, we do not want to be putting on extra fat in that um, taper period. And if you're listening to your body and giving yourself healthy fuel, you're probably not going to be putting on weight during that time. Now, you might put on water weight um, as your body fills with glucose. Um, very, very common to every gram of glucose, I think holds a gram of water or something like that. So you are going to put on some water weight, which is why I never weighed myself during taper week. It's not helpful to step on the scale, see that your weight is a pound or two higher than it has been during training. And then you're freaking out about that. And then you're not eating as much food because you're like, oh, my weight's going up. It's, I, whoa, I'm falling. <laughs> Everything's okay. Just backed into my boxing thing. <laughs> All right. So uh, going back to that, yeah, like do not freak out about gaining weight. Um, it's likely just water weight. I'd rather be on the starting line holding a little bit of extra water with a lot more energy in my legs, in my muscles, a lot more glucose. And even being well hydrated is going to be helpful for any race that you're doing, but especially for a marathon. So um I recommend not weighing yourself in those last couple of weeks. You just don't need numbers going through your head, making things more complex at that point. Um, in terms of water and salt, uh, you know, I used to limit my salt intake during tapers um, for a period just to try to limit the amount of water I was retaining. But I kind of landed back in the space of just listening to my body. If I'm craving salty stuff, give it some salt. Um, if I'm not, don't. Like I wasn't intentionally trying to avoid salt or take in more salt. I was just listening to my body, being intuitive. And honestly, I think that's the best advice I can give you across the board. All right, uh, let's talk about sleep just for a second. Obviously, sleep can be tough during taper time. And I don't have like a, I wish I had a, you know, a golden bullet that I could give you to tell you to do this one thing and your sleep's going to magically be perfect before your races. But I think the biggest thing is just not to freak out about your sleep, right? Just to not develop sleep anxiety leading into it. So how do you do this? You sleep really well the two weeks prior to your big goal race. So try and really, it's almost like you're getting ahead of schedule. So then when you arrive to that night before the race, it's, we always look at it as any kind of sleep that we get the night before race is just a bonus. Like we expect to be nervous, to be rolling around in bed, to wake up super early and not be able to go back to sleep. And then the key is just not freaking out about it. But if you have been banking sleep, the last two weeks before your race is really helpful because then you're not freaking out because you're like, I can handle missing one night sleep when I am coming into this period really well rested. The problem becomes when you're super sleep deprived and then you miss a night of sleep, then you potentially do have a problem on your hands. So make sure you're banking your sleep 
all during that taper period so that when you arrive a night before the race, don't get any sleep. You're not freaking out about it. And, you know, I, I've performed super, super well off of almost no sleep. When I ran 59 minutes in the half marathon, I think I slept like two hours the night before that race, had a splitting headache. And yeah, I was kind of a mess that night, but I was feeling so good physically that that's what I was focused on and not the lack of sleep that I had in my body. So if you take good care of your body, if you bag sleep beforehand, then you don't got to sweat not getting sleep and just don't expect to sleep great the night before race. And then, you know, you're not, it's, it's the stressing about not sleeping that's worse than the actual not sleeping. All right, so uh, let's also talk about little niggles that come up. Because, guys, this has been a phenomenon that I've observed, that I have observed with other athletes as well, is that almost always when you're in that last two-week period prior to your big goal race, there's almost always some random little niggles that come up, little aches and pains just out of nowhere. So, again, I think just as long as you have this expectation heading into your taper, hey, you know, I'm likely to have some little, some weird little random pains. And when they come, I'm not going to freak out about it. Because again, sometimes it's stressing out about these little aches and pains that takes a bigger toll on our performance than actual, the actual ache and pain, right? Now, obviously, you know, I have a whole episode on how to prevent injuries. You can go back and listen to that. Um, that would be helpful in terms of how to avoid little niggles. But I'm just speaking specifically about the mentality here. It's just when you're tapering, just be like, it's okay. I have this little ache and pain. It's just, I'm going to adjust my training. If you need to hop on a spin bike, give yourself a little bit of reprieve from the training to let it just calm down. But just do not freak out when little niggles, little aches and pains pop out. That is part of the process for everyone all right so now we're getting kind of towards the end here guys but uh let's go into your nervousness i I mentioned earlier how there is you know nervousness that will enhance performance and then there is also nervousness that will dehance performance and there's everything in between too right like we can experience a whole lot of different emotions all at different times throughout the taper period within the race itself so I think the most helpful thing I can advice I can give you guys in terms of handling your nerves during taper week is sit down with pen and paper and ask yourself this question. What is at the root of my nervousness? What is at the root of my nervousness? Like really go into it. And this isn't something I did a very good job of when I was my high school self. All I knew is I was super nervous and I didn't want to talk to anyone and I wanted to be by myself and I felt sick. <laughs> that was about the extent of my, my awareness of what was actually going on behind my nervousness. But if you can get to the root of your nervousness and being like, okay, am I, am I excited? Am I scared of the unknown? Am I fearful? Am I trying to prove, am I really like nervous because I'm trying to prove something to myself or my coach or my teammates or, um, you know, what is behind it? Just, just ask yourself that question. What's at the root of this and write it down. Just start writing. And I think you'll be surprised at what comes out through just like five minutes of writing down your thoughts of like, what is behind my nervousness? 
And then when you start to be able to nail down, and there might be like, you know, 10 different things behind your nervousness. Go through those things one by one and ask yourself this question, can I live with the worst case scenario? So you can see what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to like take the weight off your shoulders, trying to first figure out what is the weight, what's causing the weight, and then how can we deload this? And we always deload it by going into it further and by coming to grips and coming to terms with the worst case scenario happening. When we can think through that, being like, okay, I am just really scared. I'm just going to totally bomb this. I'm trying to hit this Boston qualifier, and I'm just scared that I'm going to get out there and just be flat as a pancake. Okay, like that is fine. That is a totally normal thought to have heading into a race. Let's go into that. Can I live with myself if that's if that happens and this might require you know some more journaling where you really take some time to think about okay well maybe the answer to that is no like i'm not okay with myself if i bomb out there so why is that why am i not okay with myself why do i need to prove to myself through this performance through this race that i am important that i am of worth that um i'm valuable like, let's go into this. Let's really, really get to the root of why am I so nervous right now? And then ultimately the goal is to land at the spot where I love myself. I love myself, whether I crush this race and have the race of my life. And I love myself, even if I'm just flat out there and it does not go according to schedule and I feel terrible and I get sick, whatever. Like I can getting to the point where you know you can walk away from that finish of that race and be okay whether it's an amazing performance or whether it's the worst race of your entire life all your your fears come true in that race if going into the race you know hey i can handle the worst case scenario and here's why i can handle it because i am enough without this performance and i think for me it oftentimes went back to that you know, it was, I was trying to prove I am enough. I'm a value. I am of worth. I am special. I was trying to prove it through my performances, you know? So if I could go into my nervousness and get to the point to, and I could remind myself over and over again, I am enough with this or without this, no matter how it goes, I'm good enough. And then I would just have to keep pummeling myself with that thought right going back to it reminding myself over and over and over again whenever those nerves would start to pop back up it's being like okay like i dealt with this i'm enough with that no matter how this goes i'm enough i'm enough and it just puts you back into that calm state right it takes those weights off your shoulder you got to figure out how to take the weights off your shoulder we don't want weights excitement we want excitement right nervousness about the unknown that's a part of the process right we all go through that totally cool with that um but carrying around weights they're weighing us down that's any any thought that you have that is making you tight is gonna make you worse all right that's how you, a good rule of thumb with are these nerves good or bad it's being like is this making me tight do i find i'm clenching my jaw and i'm clenching my hands in my pocket and i'm sweating and tightness we want to avoid tightness at all costs the body does not perform well in running when we get tight so staying as loose as possible 
We've talked about this before on the podcast. You watch world-class sprinters. Even though those guys are moving faster than any human beings have ever moved, their face is bouncing, right? Like they're they are ex- using every – creating so much force in their body, and yet they're doing it through relaxation. And that's what we got to do. And so we have to learn to manage our nerves to be like this is – I'm excited. Um, I'm – a little bit nervous because I don't know what's going to happen here, but I am staying relaxed. That relaxation is the key to running fast. Relax is fast. Fast is relaxed. Remember that. All right. Uh, last couple tips to help with your nervousness. I, I kind of mentioned about myself just shutting down. When I get nervous, I just get so quiet. I start yawning a lot for some reason. I don't know if you guys ever experienced that. When I get nervous, I start yawning a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not tired. I'm not like about to fall asleep. That's kind of a weird, weird thing. But I've heard other people having that same thing. So we all kind of manifest our nervousness a little bit differently. Um, but what I like to do is put my focus on something else during taper week. So my coach Irv Ray in high school, one of my coaches, he coached alongside my dad, helped us out a little bit last couple of years, but he'd always tell me, I want you thinking a lot about the race in your training. And then when it comes to race week, I don't want you thinking about it at all until you start warming up for the race. And I found that very helpful. I could never do it to start with. Like yeah, your mind always wanders back to the race, but it was a good reminder when I did start wandering back to the race to be like, okay, I'm not going to not try and think about the race. Like that could probably be the worst advice I'd give you. Just don't think about it. It's like when there's an elephant in the room and you're trying not to look at it and all you can think about is the elephant because you're trying not to think about it. Um, Rather than doing that, like find something that you're excited about, that you're passionate about and put your focus on that. And one of my favorite things to do is to watch funny movies, um, to watch funny TV shows, to be around funny people. Um, when my older brother Steve would come to my races, he's always like the comedian in our family, could always make me laugh. And that was so, so helpful because, like I said, I would get so quiet and go into my shell when I'd get nervous. And he'd kind of help lighten the mood, bring me out of it, put my attention on something else. And we'd just be laughing together, having a good time. I think laughing is one of the best things you can do during taper week. So with my athletes, I always try to encourage them. Watch The Office, watch funny movies, like like laugh as much as you can, be around funny people. That's just going into a, that race with a low positive where you're in a positive state of mood, but you're not like super wired, right? You're not like bouncing off the walls, excited, burning up all your energy before you get to the start line. We want you in this like calm, relaxed yet really positive state heading into a race. I think laughing, funny movies, prayer, meditation, all these are great, great way to stay in that kind of low positive zone. All right, last thing, guys. I think the key to tapering is really believing that the grace to get through your trying moment in your race, because I think oftentimes... That's really what can be at the heart of our nervousness is the pain that's going to come, right? You just know there's going to be this point in the race where it's going to be a make or break point. It's probably going to be like two-thirds of the way into the race, and you're nervous about, am I going to make it or break it in that moment? Like, what's that experience going to be? Like, am I going to find the strength? 
And again, I think this is where you just need to go back to the trust, the belief that when you get to that moment, that crucible moment of your race, the grace will be there for you to successfully navigate and get through that moment. Now, does it mean every single time you get to that crucible moment, you're going to have find this crazy strength and have this crazy out-of-body experience and you know have this huge breakthrough moment no like that's not the kind of success i'm talking about i i wish that kind of success on you i hope that you do have those moments although i would say that not having those moments are more a test of your true character than having those um those big supernatural breakthrough moments but i just when i'm talking about successfully getting through those moments i'm talking about the strength to endure the situation and the strength to make a good decision in those situations and to be successful in the sense of finding that you are enough like really what not determining like you don't want to define your success of did you were you able to hold that mile pace that you're trying to hold through that tough section of the race or were you able to win the race or win your age category or qualify for boston all these are external goals that we try to control but we ultimately do not have complete control over whether we're successful in obtaining those goals but the kind of success i'm talking about is this internal success of being like even though I blew up in that crucible moment, like I coached myself through it, I stayed positive through it, I was able to get 100% out of what I had in that moment. And that's really what I'm getting at. The grace to get through the moment is means being able to get 100% out of yourself in that moment. That is success. Not maintaining a pace, not picking up a pace or... You know, like these are all external things. That, again, we don't have control over, but we every time we get to those crucible moments, we are able to get 100% out of ourselves in that moment. That really needs to be the focus of those moments. Just get 100% out of myself, whatever that is for the day, whether I'm slowing down or speeding up or staying the same, no matter what my external experience is, my goal internally is to get 100% out of myself in that moment. All right, guys, I hope today has been helpful. Again, guys, taper time. It's a, it's a difficult couple weeks to navigate. So have lots of grace for yourself. Realize you are not alone. We are all just trying to not go crazy in our head the last couple weeks. And maybe some people are really, really good at it. I definitely improved a lot. You know, I talked about my initial experience as a kid. And I definitely improved a lot, but I never got to a place where I wasn't feeling nervous heading into a race. So I don't think that's necessarily the goal. Like I said, I think nervousness, if we frame it, if we label it in such a way as this is the magic sauce that's going to allow me to access a strength that I can otherwise not access, then we're going to begin to see nervousness as a very beautiful and essential part of us maximizing our performance. All right, guys, hope that's been helpful. Until next time, happy training.